We have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Scott McFarland, who's a congressional reporter for CBS News, a wide range of experience in and around Washington, D.C., and we're glad to say an, a graduate of the Newhouse School of Journalism at Syracuse University. He's one of the Orangemen. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for calling in today. Yes, thank you, sir. I'll give you 20 minutes on Syracuse, basketball, <laughs> Newhouse, or otherwise. Well, our, our, our engineer, if he had known that, who uh, called you, if he'd known that, he would have uh, bent your ear a little bit. But Joe and I, not so much. Although, Joe is wearing an orange shirt today. I so, <laughs> In <laughs> <As> your honors. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. Okay, so we had the vote yesterday in the U.S. Senate, and this can't pass. So is there any way that Democrats can get any sort of an abortion bill through now, if they can't do, can't get this procedural vote done, does that kill the idea of any bill making it through? Absolutely zero chance of getting an abortion rights bill through this Congress, this U.S. Senate, and likely in future Senates, no matter which party controls it. You need 60 votes to do anything in the U.S. Senate of consequence, and there just are not 60 votes for anything, anything close to the divisiveness and political toxicity of abortion rights. What about at this time next year, Republicans may be in charge of both the Senate and the House, depending upon how things go. Uh, would they be able to get a, an abortion ban through? Where are they getting the 60th vote? Right. Now, that's something that's come up in conversation over the last few days. So I'm glad you asked the question, because Senator McConnell, the Republican leader mentioned in a weekend interview with USA Today that there'd be this possibility, a possibility of a tighter restriction on abortion rights or perhaps a nationwide ban. But the same dynamic that is handcuffing Democrats here would, Demo- would handcuff a Republican majority. They just don't have 60 votes. And there's just not a bridge across the parties on abortion rights. Not at this moment in time, likely not in the near future. But that being said, they can't pass small things right now because of that 60-vote threshold and other important matters like COVID relief. The Biden administration has all been begging the Congress to approve billions of dollars for COVID treatments, therapeutics, vaccines, and that can't get passed. It's a real blockade in the U.S. Senate, somewhat by design, but we're feeling it right now. In terms of monetary expenditures, you know, the Biden administration has been throwing a lot of money against the wall, hoping something will stick. Uh, how much longer can, uh, and in your sense, uh, can the Congress keep on spending money that we don't have? It's harder and harder for the Biden administration to get the approval and the political muscle behind those requests than it was when the Biden administration began. And that's likely because of, if not mostly because of, inflation where there's a concern that throwing more federal money at anything is going to further infuse inflation with a problematic dynamic. And that's one of the reasons why that proposal you heard a little bit about earlier this spring, about relieving college debt or college loan payments, fell out of favor quickly because of the criticism from both parties that it might further spiral inflation. Well, from the congressional standpoint and you, you in your coverage down there, is there any movement at all uh, for any kind of bipartisan work on anything? Yes, there is bipartisan uh, agreement that something needs to be done about the border crisis. There are Democrats and Republicans who are concerned about Title 42, that COVID-era restriction on migration being lifted in a couple of weeks. Um, 
there's likely to be some movement from both parties to do something about that, to calibrate policies and restrictions at the border. But that's a heavy lift, too. In a midterm election year, everything is a heavy lift, and bipartisan agreements will get far, uh, further and fewer and further between uh, as we get closer to the election day. Now, we had a great conversation yesterday on this show with uh, people in our audience about a lack of uh, confidence in the courts and lacking in confidence because it can just swing by the political winds. Is this why we have such little confidence in the U.S. Congress and and why, you know, we we almost have to, to do something to fix it, you know, maybe change the Constitution or something? Or, as you alluded, this is all by design. This is like an ideal outcome. This impasse. This type of high threshold and slow movement in the U.S. Senate was by design. This is how the, the system was devised. It's supposed to be the cooling saucer, the more deliberative body that has a harder and harder time getting things done during polarized moments. Because it's supposed to move with the will of the people. But the court, <laughs> glad you brought that up, the court is having an unprecedented moment, perhaps not by design, where things are leaking out, where there's a request pending from the governors of Maryland and Virginia to get the Justice Department to secure the homes of Supreme Court justices due to protests and security threats. There's an eight-foot metal fence around the Supreme Court this morning. It's like an encampment because of the security concerns and the fact that the court is leaking isn't helping things. That's not by design. That's a problem, and it's going to be a problem for the near future. Well, when Congress uh, gets down to work and on this bipartisan issue that you think is possible with the border, are they going to, in your opinion, is there, a sen- is there a sense that they are going to address it in totality or that they're going to try and cobble something together that will alleviate part of the problem temporarily? Yeah, the, the latter. There's no appetite or potential for a sweeping new immigration law like there was in 1986. What they'll do is try to patch the issues as they come up there's not much more work Congress is going to get done. We're in the spring of a midterm election year. They're nearly finished. Is there anything that uh, voters should keep in mind? We're going to send a U.S. senator into the sausage play or the uh, saucer uh, in the uh, months ahead. We'll have a primary next week, and then the general election in the fall. We're going to send a senator to Washington. Should we look for something in a U.S. Senate candidate in Pennsylvania that would help in Congress? The ability to work with the other party. There are only six senators in America. Pennsylvania has one of them, but six senators in America who represent states that voted the other party in the presidential election. That's obviously Senator Toomey in Pennsylvania's case. Looking for this very small number of senators who have the potential to work with the other party. It's what the Senate thrives upon. It's what fuels and drives the Senate. It should be part of the process voters consider when they go to the primary ballots. Well, unfortunately, reasonable common sense candidates don't often emerge from some of these primaries that we have here in the heart of Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, I'm not hopeful there. Talking about the leadership of both the House and the Senate, um, do you see any changes? I mean, is there a sense from from your reporting that um, should the election go against the Democrats, the midterms, that Nancy Pelosi and or Chuck Schumer might be in trouble? No, they're locked in. Same leadership for the next Congress. All right. Wow, I, that surprises me. Why, why do you say that? I mean, are you hearing from members that they're that fond of their leadership? 
I think ultimately the leadership is so entrenched and it's so um, it so has the fervor of, of, of the rank and file they're not moving Okay. All right. Any good observations you wish to pass along? Maybe we didn't ask a question that alluded to it so that uh, we uh, have more information in our belts here to digest as we talk about the U.S. Congress or the Senate. I think ultimately uh, the country is watching your primary. The country is watching the Commonwealth to see how Democrats pick a candidate, to see who the Republicans choose in this multifaceted primary it's a barometer of America. Pennsylvania's politics tend to be. It's representative of, of America. That's why so many races are so close. Let's see what the primary voters decide. It may be emblematic of what's going to happen or indicative of what's going to happen between now and November. That is uh, Scott McFarland, CBS News congressional correspondent on the newsline.